Lemon and Lime arrive at the fringe of the JFK conspiracy. Jack Ruby often ate at the Egyptian Lounge in Dallas, Texas, owned in 1963 by Joe Campisi. After the death of Lee Oswald, Jack Ruby was visited in jail by none other than Joe Campisi. The House of Representatives Select Committee on Assassinations believed that Jack Ruby had eaten at Campisi's restaurant the night before Kennedy was murdered. Rumors abound about Joe Campisi's mafia connections. And guess where Patch and Sherry end up after midnight after the harrowing trip from Las Vegas? The Egyptian lounge, of course. Jack motions them inside with his head. Campisi is seen on the periphery to provide a general sense of his character and what he does. The steaming lasagna, low light, and Italian music in the background further enhance the persona of the Egyptian lounge. Joe Campisi Whether members of the Dallas police force frequented the Egyptian lounge is not readily known. Placement of Jerry at the lounge with Jack as Patch and Sherry eat their lasagna, and the reference to Dallas policemen Pinky Westbrook, Nick McDonald, and Paul Bentley brings into question the logistical involvement in the JFK assassination and the murder of Officer J.D. Tippett. In return to Dallas Jack Ruby never mentions anything about the assassination to Jerry, but it's clear something is up. These cops may be a part of something they may not fully ever understand. Jerry Hill Pinky Westbrook Paul Bentley Maurice Nick McDonald Jack performs his role, obtaining the Edson portable recorder with Bakelite mic and the listening device and camera for Patch. Patch is astounded when another $2,000 is removed from a manila envelope. Jack informs Patch and Sherry they are on board the surveillance now, and they'll blow our heads off if you try to back out. That's a good incentive not to back out. On yellow bonded paper are instructions to head to Austin and meet someone named Max at the 6th Street Bridge. They receive a photo of Lee Oswald from two years ago. After heading for the Beachcomber Motel, accommodations provided by Jack, Patch places Sherry behind the wheel as they are chased up the highway. The light-colored Ford station wagon is no match for Sherry's driving skills, and they are able to safely get away. Patch and Sherry don't know that Max is from Army Intel. He calls them Lemon and Lime and hands then an updated photo of Oswald. Max mentions the president is coming to Dallas in November, but the details are not formalized. In his rules of engagement, he instructs them they are to stay out of sight from Oswald. Their surveillance will be a singular operation, with a verbal report on tape submitted after each encounter. Max makes it clear Jack's role in this operation is over and to stay away from him. A post office box number 300543 has been set up at the Lafayette Post Office Annex in New Orleans for Patch and Sherry. This box is next to Oswald's box at the post office. Lee Oswald The taped reports and photos will be sent to New York City to a Mr. Ed Torres. Ed Torres was of course the pseudonym for Bernardo de Torres, who was in the thick of the conspiracy with CIA connections. They don't have to arrive in New Orleans until August 2nd and at 11 a.m. go to the post office box. Max leaves after telling them to wait at the bridge for further instructions. If Max isn't military then I'm Snow White, says Patch. Funny you don't look like Snow White, Sherry replies. Bernard Barker and Rolando Mosferet Bernard Barker and Rolando Mosferet approach Patch 
and Sherry on the bridge. Barker later of Watergate burglar fame, was heavily involved in the failed Bay of Pigs operation. According to Dallas detective Seymour Weitzman, Barker was the man on the grassy knoll who was showing Secret Service identification and ordering people out of the area. Barker reiterates what Rosselli has said about Patch's courage in preventing the terrorist Carlos Sanchez from killing several Mafia leaders. The 59 Blue Chevy Nags had remember that city in North Carolina. As Patch and Sherry leave the bridge area a man with binoculars is parked not too far away. Woosley Chevrolet, Nags Head, North Carolina, is stamped on the rear of the car. Patch asks him why he's so far away from North Carolina, and he claims he is bird-watching. But Patch, not trusting anyone notices a tag on the binoculars that could indicate government. Lee Oswald while in custody tried to call a cutout in Raleigh, N.C., near Nags Head, North Carolina, where the Office of Naval Intelligence, ONI, had a training site for fake defectors, Oswald's assignment from 1959 to 1962 in the USSR. The Nags Head reference in Return to Dallas is a friendly reminder of the real Lee Harvey Oswald. Patch and Sherry next drive to Galveston Beach for a week of downtime before they are thrust in the thick of the Oswald operation in New Orleans. Chapters 12 and 13 on SoundCloud and complete book at audible.com.